You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rewind Football Fantasy. Fantasy Football Rewind. Tony Sakata, and we are here getting ready for week six fantasy football. And of course, we're here every Monday through Thursday from 1 a.m. Eastern to 3 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. You can download the show on iTunes, Google Play, or of course, Stitcher. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go and hit the subscribe button so you get the show each and every time wherever you listen to this podcast and deliver it right to your PC and make sure you go and grab that. Tough, tough decision fantasy owners are going to have this week. It's a no-brainer, the Green Bay Packers running back situation. If, if Ty Montgomery doesn't suit up and you have Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones goes in your lineup. But if you're an Aaron Jones owner and Ty Montgomery plays, what do you do? When Ty Montgomery was there, he had more snaps than any other running back in the National Football League. He was on the field more times than any other running back in the National Football League. So you know that, and you say, what happens when he comes back? The guy could definitely catch the ball out of the backfield. Well, ESPN's Rob Demonsky believes the Packers could start Aaron Jones regardless of Ty Montgomery's status. Jones has upgraded the Packers' running game in the last two weeks, coming off a dominant showing against Dallas. He profiles as Green Bay's early down back going forward, while Montgomery likely settled into a pass game role. Jones is averaging 5.4 yards per carry and already leads the Packers in rushing. If Montgomery returns on Sunday, Jones is the favorite for carries. You know... I think you're going to get stuck. And I got Jones in a lineup. And I think you're going to get stuck. And you're going to have to use him, right? you got to use him. The guy's out there. He's on the great, the best offense in football. They do have a tough matchup. But damn. That's tough. Tough, tough, tough. So that one is where you're going to look at it. Tyler Eifert requires surgery on his back. Done for the season. Backer surgery is now new for Eifert. So Tyler Croft will be the Bengals star of the rest of the way. And I think he's a low-end tight end one. You can go ahead and use him. Carlos Hyde taking off the Niners injury report. No longer listed on the injury report. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Does it mean he gets out there and gets a play? I think he splits time. Matt Breida, outtouched Hyde in last week's loss to Indianapolis. Coach Shanahan has indicated the team continues to use the hot hand approach. Chargers. Coach Anthony Lynn says Mike Williams is very close to returning. This falls in line with previous reports. Williams was limited Wednesday in practice. 
and he is ready to go. Of course, Derek Carr is going to start this week. And guys, we got a great show lined up for you this hour. We got Jake Seeley's running back reveal. He reveals his rankings. Everybody knows who Jake Seeley is from RotoExperts.com, one of the top prognosticators in all of the business. He's a guy that's finished in the top three rankings in baseball, football, four years in a row. He's getting it done, my friends. He's getting it done. So coming back, we'll get Jake Seeley, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, absolutely free. The greatest fantasy sports information on planet Earth. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. One of the things that was out there today, as you shake back and forth with like your 90s rock. Was there rock in the 90s? I don't know. My name is Tony Cicada. It's Fantasy Football Rewind as we're getting it done. Here's the thing. Story out today that the Redskins are going to try to get Jamison Crowder in the offense. Remember last game. He didn't catch a pass the last play of the game. Got negative eight yards on it. I think that they certainly are going to go out there and make a case. So Jamison Crowder is a guy that I like this week in the matchup with the San Francisco 49ers. Now it's time for our man, Jake Seeley, who's joined by Justin Boone of The Score out in Toronto and Chris Meany, a man we all love, a man we all love. Here he is, the man. The mission, who is Jake Seeley. This is Justin Boone. You can catch all his rankings on thescore.com. Both of our rankings can be found on Fantasy Pros, but it's not our rankings we are revealing. It's the all-in kid. It's Jake Seeley from Roto Experts, of course, here on Fantasy Sports Network, where you can catch him. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, 4 to 6 Eastern Time on Target. The host with myself and Joe Pizapia. Week 6, Jake, what's going on, man? <laughs> Not too much. It's what over a third of the season's already out the window. It, it, people are going to be starting to think about other things, although they can't think about the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> no. And in season-long leagues, and we, we've been talking a lot about this, Jake, and you know our partner Joe Pizapia is a little bit ticked off with season-long leagues. But guys, like Justin, players are dropping. I mean, we lost Odell Beckham Jr. We, each week, we're losing such a talented player in the NFL. It's it's tough. And that's what makes fantasy tough. It's also what kind of makes fantasy fun. I mean, you don't want to see guys get hurt, but that's what separates good owners from bad when you can start to identify these other players coming up and find some of those guys that in the second half of the season can lead you to a fantasy title. As Jake said, week six, it is flying by. There are bye weeks to talk about. We'll get into some injuries. 
Again, uh, if you're watching right now on our YouTube page, please subscribe. You can leave all the nasty comments you want. I'll try my best to get to them uh, and give some advice well, as well. they all come my follow. way anyway. <laughs> yeah, they all go Jake's way. Uh, I'll get in there and, and stick up for my boy Jake and also uh, keep an eye on some of the questions if you have some a little bit later on as we get closer to uh, kickoff because we are talking to you right now on a Wednesday, but you could be watching us a little bit later on. So, Jake, these are half-point rankings. Again, if we don't get to some of your guys, rotoexperts.com. Follow Jake on Twitter. He's got full point, half-point standard. He's making changes all the time as we get news about practices and injuries and all that good stuff. So, Jake, let's get into running backs. Uh, let's see 31 to 40. Yeah, and that's it. real quick to your point. There's a lot of assumptions we're going to be making this week about people. It's only Wednesday that are playing or not playing. I, as you guys know, I always go with, as of today, they're playing and adjust for it after that. So definitely going to have to keep in check with a lot of these guys this week. But right at 31, Jonathan Stewart, Theo Riddick, Tariq Cohen, Aaron Jones. There's one of the ones which we'll discuss. LeGarrette Blunt, Frank Gore, James White, Adrian Peterson, Alex Collins, and Matt Breida. Let's get right into Aaron Jones. Jones looked really good last week. Jamal Williams did re really didn't touch the football field, I believe, once. If Ty Montgomery is playing, is it Jones that just comes up? And we'll get to Montgomery where you have him a little bit later on, but how big of a jump is Jones going to get? And do you think Ty Montgomery is going to play in this game? You know, as of today, it sounds like it. I still am skeptical with multiple fractured ribs. I mean, this is something that normally takes two to four weeks, if not longer, and then you gotta, it's more of a pain tolerance once they're cleared, if they can handle it and what's gonna happen with a refracture or anything like that. But as of today, it sounds like he's going to try again. That's where I rank Ty Montgomery, which we will get to him probably a decent amount later. But Aaron Jones, if Montgomery is out again, he'd go right into the top 15, and he'd be in the RB1 fringe conversation because we saw it last week. Here's the one thing about McCarthy that we've seen so far this season. He's going with his lead running back 90% of the time. That's, it just doesn't matter. Jamal Williams, despite being the better pass blocker, despite Aaron Jones struggling at pass blocking at times in that game, and I think the announcing team even mentioned it and the fact that he could, Aaron Rodgers was having trouble trusting the one direction – I think that you see right there is that Mike McCarthy is going to stick with his one guy. So Aaron Jones would be top 15, no question about it. And that's where I have him. We've talked in past weeks. I have sort of the opposite approach of Jake. I want to see an injured guy get back on the field. I yes. want to have a little bit of confidence that he's going to play before I'll throw him in my rankings early in the week. So I have Aaron Jones at, at 13 right now. I, I think he's going to be the starter. I do think we, we saw Montgomery last week. He practiced in a very limited fashion early in the week. And then he was sort of hidden from everyone the last two days. And I think it's going to be a couple weeks. We're very fortunate that there's a ton of great fantasy minds uh, from the medical side who are analyzing these things for us. And they all said last week it's normally going to be a two- to three-week injury, like Jake mentioned. So I think we're probably going to see Montgomery sit again, especially after what Jones did. And the Packers realized, you know what, yes. we could probably let Jones go another week, make sure Montgomery gets healthy. And, and they can probably get good production from that position because Jones looked fantastic. He did look really good. He's got touchdowns in back-to-back -back games now. And you know what? He, we may not see Montgomery until after the bye week. They may just hold Possible. him out yeah. until then. What do you, how do you treat this situation, Jake? Like, if you're a Montgomery owner, you're a little bit worried now when he comes back that maybe it's a little bit closer of a timeshare than what it was when he was healthy. And if you're a Jones owner and you don't need him right now, maybe he's your fourth back. Are you looking to somebody who's desperate in your league and just trying to flip them and maybe just sell high right now? Because when Montgomery comes back, I mean, they're just not going to forget about him. No, and this is going to be Tom Montgomery first and then Aaron Jones second. And the fact is, is Aaron Jones is going to become the complimentary piece. I think that we'll see more touches 
than we were before or even see more of a share than we're seeing right now, as I just mentioned with the 90%. But Ty Montgomery is just still too good all around. He's the better running back than Aaron Jones, despite how good Aaron Jones looked last week. There's a reason I said it time and again, you know this, is there's a reason Aaron Jones was fourth on the depth chart is there's something lacking in his game compared to Ty Montgomery. Not that Aaron Jones can't be a capable running back, as we just saw last week. But if you're giving them all on the field, Ty Montgomery is going to be the best option. Ty Montgomery, I would expect when healthy around a 65%, maybe even 70%. And then Aaron Jones scoops up the rest. So he's going to go from being a must start with Ty Montgomery out to basically like a flex option in PPR struggle to find starting spot form is standard so that absolutely if you don't need him to play for this next week or two sell on aaron jones now immediately before his value goes down to twos and honestly if you're ty montgomery in the other way where you've been able to survive without ty montgomery sell him right before he comes back because there is that risk here where maybe it ends up being 50 50 and players values are never higher than right before when they come back from injury yeah absolutely i think it's closer to i like what you said about 70 30 that's kind of where i said how are you treating the situation i think also as much as Jones could be uh, um, a sell-high candidate, I think a buy-low candidate for Ty Montgomery. Montgomery, some people out there that have Montgomery are a little bit cautious about this whole situation now. And I think for good reason. Before the season, I believe Jake was really high on Jamal Williams. I went after Jamal Williams in a bunch of leagues Same. as well because I wanted Ty Montgomery's backup because we knew that he had an injury history. Could he hold up to that workload? And we've already seen that, no, he, he can't. At least so far, he hasn't been able to. So... I would hold on to Jones. I would not be looking to, to get rid of Jones because he is now the clear backup to Ty Montgomery. I dropped Jamal Williams everywhere I had him, and I scooped yeah. up Aaron Jones as many places as I could. And I want to hold him to see, even when Montgomery comes back, if he's healthy, it's going to be a split, and Montgomery's going to get more work. I, I'm sure of that. But if Montgomery goes down again, and I think there is a strong chance, you want Jones on your bench to be able to, to slide in there for you. Maybe he gets those goal line carries, Jake. Maybe they just don't give the ball to Montgomery anymore on the five and he doesn't get crack ribs. At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers loves to throw the ball, and he's thrown it. He's top two in pass attempts inside the 10. So this guy throws the ball. Another guy who throws the ball is Adrian Peterson, the quarterback. And it's Carson Palmer. They throw the ball more than anybody. How will this change? I mean, they're averaging 51 yards per game on the ground. They're not running. They're throwing just the most throws in the NFL and even inside the red zone. What do you really expect from AP in his first game here and just the rest of the way with Arizona? Obviously not a lot. If you look at it, he was barely getting around 10 touches per game with the Saints. Chris Johnson, who he's taking his job was about 12 per game. I don't think that really changes. I think maybe at peak he might see 15. And I would be even surprised with that because, as you mentioned, this is a team that passes 70% of the time. It's them and the Giants throwing the ball 70% of the time. They throw in the red zone. They throw whenever they can. And I don't think they're going to come in and say, oh, we got Adrian Peterson. Let's change up our entire formula because guess what? The offensive line still stinks. The offensive line is among one of the worst in the leagues. Hey, just like the Giants, these teams are a little bit all too similar right now with defenses that are not playing up to their potential from last year, which is very strange that these two teams are kind of neck and neck with an aging quarterback who might not have a lot left. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities here, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not to mention, you just you said about 10 touches. He'd be lucky if he's getting 10 snaps and if in, we're looking, with the Saints. If we're looking at the matchup this week, too, they're going against the Bucks. The Bucks have a really good run defense. Dalvin Cook was the only guy who got over 55 rushing yards against them this year. And on the flip side, they've actually given up a lot of production to receiving backs. Uh, Cook uh, put up, I think, over 50 yards uh, receiving. Tariq Cohen did. I believe James White did as well. So that all falls into Ellington's side of the, the equation there. He's the guy that you want to own for sure. 
what, you set the over under on on target at twelve and a half. Did you take yep. you, you take the over on that? No, I'm taking the under. Taking that the was under. Joe, Joe wanted the over. Yeah, I, I I took the under too. Twelve and a half touches. Yeah, it's probably going to be under. It's probably going to be under. We'll get to Andre Ellington a little bit. Matt Breed is interesting here at 40. Jake, we've been talking a lot on Fantasy Sports Radio Network about how this guy needs to be on rosters, especially if you are a Carlos Hyde owner. Hyde. Before we get to Jake Seeley, Matt Breed is interesting. He has him ranked at number 40, Alex Collins at 39, Adrian Peterson at 38, James White 37, Frank Gore 36, LeGarrette Blunt 35, Aaron Jones down at 34, Tariq Cohen 33, Theo Riddick 32, and Jonathan Stewart 31. Breed is interesting because Carlos Hyde's been taking off the injury report. So if they truly go in the hot hand and Carlos Hyde gets the start and he starts well, He's going to uh, keep Matt Breida on the bench. But for whatever reason, um, I, I don't believe Hyde's 100% healthy. So I don't believe it's something that you're going to have to worry at. You're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Sicana, And make sure you tune in every Monday through Thursday, 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern. And then also, if you can't stay up that late, all you have to do is go to On Demand, sign up on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and subscribe as we get you ready to play. Stay tuned for more Fantasy Football Rewind after this. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Sincata, and we are here, absolutely fired up, ready to go, living life large, getting ready for week six, Fantasy Football. Hope everything you got wanted came through on the waiver wire, because right now, what you're doing is you're trying to get ready for week six. We got one game in the bank. We got more coming, and you're ready and raring to go. So we're talking with Jake Seeley of RotoExperts.com, one of the top rankers in the industry. And he got alongside him Chris Meany and Justin Boone. Let's get back to the running backs and where they got him ranked with Jake Seeley. Nine injuries in three years coming in, hip injuries, some reports that, you know, Sam Prime was just riding the hot hand. Jake, you think that it was just a hip injury. Brita, a little bit more play this week. Uh, we'll get to Hyde in a little bit, but certainly you can touch on him here as well. I, I, this is definitely, in my opinion, Carlos Hyde's backfield. I think this is basically coach speak and a bunch of lies, honestly. I do think it was a hip issue, and I just don't think they want to be out there saying, oh, yeah, he's still dealing with a hip issue. I think Carlos Hyde is very similar to J.H.I. and something that you're just going to have to deal with for the rest of the year. 
The problem is, J.H.I. really doesn't have anybody threatening him for his touches, and that's why he still sees 20-plus, as he saw last week, 25 touches. Carlos Hyde, they have Brita. That's the unfortunate thing, is if it's bothering him during the game, maybe he's just flaring up or he gets hit on it, they can turn to Brita, and whether it's cold, you know the hot hand, I think it's just more for the fact that, you know what, if Carlos Hyde's not having a great day or if it's bothering him a little bit, they can turn to Brita. So if he's healthy, if he's fine, and Carlos Hyde is still a top – I, look, he's an RB1 talent-wise. That's never been a question. Sure. So yeah. if they're rolling out there, but here's the problem, is even if this week he is 100%-ish healthy, it's actually a bad matchup. The Redskins' defense has been playing very well this year. What's your take on, on Brita? I, I think looking at Hyde, before last week, he had four solid outings. So yeah. I think to all of a sudden just think that he's fallen off or that the coaching staff's going to go away from him is kind of silly, right? It, it has to be the hip. And while I think Brita's a good guy to stash on your bench, and even before any of this happened, I think Brita was a good guy to have on your bench, dating back even to the, the offseason when we were looking at, you know, uh, Joe Williams, who they had drafted, and other potential guys, because Carlos Hyde has gotten banged up in right. the past. So um, I think Brita's a guy that you want on your bench, not someone that you want to start, and certainly not someone you want to look at that, you know, comment about the hot hand and right. think, oh, I'm definitely going to throw him in my flex, and let's see what we can get. Don't be foolish. The only way that you're going to play Brita is if Hyde goes down. And it's definitely possible that his injuries, whether it's a nagging hip injury or something else pops up along the way, sort of a cascade injury uh, because of the hip, uh, we could see Hyde get sidelined. And at which point, then Brita would jump into RB2 territory. Yeah, absolutely, RB2 territory. And the way he's been involved in the passing game as well, much like Carlos Hyde. I mean, we haven't seen that over the course of his career, but he's on pace to have more targets, more catches, more receiving yards than he ever has. And a lot of that, of course, Kyle Shanahan, a good buy low candidate, but know that there's some risk there when you're getting high. There's a couple backs I want to talk about here in this range, and they're, they're facing each other on Thursday night. Jonathan Stewart, 31 in your rankings. LeGarrette Blunt, 35. Lane Johnson ruled out of this football game. That's a huge loss to the Is this a change a little bit, or did you already know bigger than Well, that's part of it, and the fact is of whether Smallwood's playing, which, again, with Justin and I go with the opposite directions on this. As of today, he sounds like Wendell Smallwood is on track. He's practicing and should try to play this week. But, obviously, if he's out, similar to other situations, you put the 90% of the work to LeGarrette Blunt, and I know Corey Clement will be involved a little bit, but I, I don't think it's enough in Barner. It'll still be LeGarrette Blunt's backfield, although they will be passing in this game. Uh, Carolina's defense is actually pretty solid. So, uh, LeGarrette Blunt would end up being an RB2 if Smallwood is out, but as of today, and with that, even with the Johnson, I would still put him in the RB2 range if, if Smallwood's out. That's more the factor than anything. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. Nothing, nothing right. to add there, and then we probably should get to a, a higher ranking of running back here, guys, that we actually want to start this week. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's get a little bit deeper here, Jake. Uh, apparently, my new boy, uh, Jarek McKinnon at 21, <laughs> Amir Abdullah, Buck Allen, Tevin Coleman, Duke Johnson, Andre Ellington, Elijah McGuire, Isaiah Crowell, Chris Thompson, and Latavius Murray. Let's start with your boy, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, <laughs> why do you shake your head? I mean, like, 43 catches. I've never been a huge Jarek McKinnon fan. <laughs> I even said that when he was coming out of college. He's a great complimentary piece, but just because I was touting him so much last week because I like the matchup and I like what happened under Sherman. You know, we talked about it last week. Yeah. The last eight games, he was on pace for 70 receptions over the course of a full season. I like him in half-point PPR. I like him in PPR. But at the same time, we didn't see any attempts inside the five-yard line for the team last week. We still don't know 100% what this backfield is going to be. Latavius Murray, 
still is the tougher down guy, the short yardage, the goal lines. I still think if they're inside the five and they decide to run, it's going to be Latavius Murray. So, yes, Jarek McKinnon, great PPR, a lot of upside. But let's keep in mind that he's in that same range. But, look, if he has games like last week where he's touching the ball 20 times per game, he'll be an RB1. But I just don't see that happening. I think he's more in that range with, you know, the Cohens. Actually, I like a little bit more upside on Cohen, but – you know, Cohen's, Riddick's, those kind of guys of the world where you're going to have some disappointing weeks. I think he's an RB, too. I, I really do. And I, I agree with you that Latavius Murray will probably get those goal line carries, but I just, I'm not buying into Murray. I just don't think he's all that good. And, you know, McKinnon is a little bit more explosive. Jake talked about the catches. He outtouched him 22 to 8. Murray didn't look great in that game. We saw some explosiveness from McKinnon. What's your thoughts on this backfield? I actually kind of disagree. I think Murray looked okay. I just think McKinnon looked much better. He was a better playmaker. He's got the receiving skill. I think anyone that looks at that uh, box score might be a little confused, though, unless they realize that that McKinnon touchdown was a long touchdown. It was not a goal line carry or anything like that. So that's going to be tough to repeat on a weekly basis. And I do think Murray's going to get more involved when it comes to that area of the field. But with what McKinnon's doing and the way that they want to use him, he's a definite RB2. How about Elijah McGuire here at 27? Is this just assuming that there's no Forte and no Blow Powell? No, this is assuming this is another one. They said that they expect Bat Forte back this week. I don't believe it. No. But as of today, you know, you have to factor actually outside the ranges that we don't have right here. If you go deeper on the site and you look at the projections, Matt Forte slips in there because it sounds like he's going to try and play this week. And as I've told you before on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for our show on Target, as I said, this team is a knucklehead. Is like if Matt Forte is active, they're giving him touches. It doesn't matter if he's their least effective running back now. They're giving him touches, and they're going to use him. So that's more what it is. I think Elijah McGuire, if there is no Forte and there is no Powell, granted it's the Patriots and they could get up very early, but guess what? He's a decent pass catcher who averaged over 20 receptions per year in college and over 300 yards per season. Not mind-blowing statistics, but he's a good pass catcher and the fact that he'll stay on the field. And if you're giving this kid 80% of the running back snaps, I think you have to consider him an RB too. And I mean, we can't put anything past the Jets. I agree with Jake there. They could come out and give Cadet a, a ton of touches this week. Who knows what could happen there. Yeah, that's but McGuire is for sure the, the best play. I think that Powell's going to be out. I also think that Forte is going to be out. So I, yeah. I have McGuire a little bit higher here. I think he's a low-end RB2 this week going up against the Patriots, who obviously haven't been great on defense. Even last week when they showed a little bit better against the pass, Doug Martin still carved them up on the ground. So... I think McGuire is a guy that you could uh, put in there as a spot start this week. He's another one of these rookie backs that have just been great this year. Uh, he's another one who could join that mix, and he's a guy that I, I want on my bench for sure. And this week, I think he could jump in there as a spot start for you. Cor- uh, for Correll here in at 28, Jake, I mean, this guy just continues to fall down your rankings, man. I mean, we're talking about McGuire, a uh, rookie back with the Jets, playing playing him over Correll. Andre Ellington, who has 40 targets. Andre Ellington is 11th in the NFL in targets. This guy continues to get it done. I know he's at half-point rankings. He's got the second most targets in the NFL the past two weeks. Yeah, he's been – we talked about it last week since week two. Nobody has run more pass routes than him among running backs, so he just continues to ball out. Duke Johnson is another guy that continues to be involved in the passing game. Now, his that touchdown really kind of saved his game last week, but, I mean, this is what it's come to. Week six, Correll over, or Duke Johnson over Correll. Yeah, it was Duke Johnson over Crowell in at least a half point and a full point PPR last week as well. It's just people forgot about how explosive and how talented this kid was. And even in a limited season where he's banged up at times and it wasn't a great year for him last year, he was still one of four running backs. You know this. I say it so many times. He was one of four running backs to have over 500 receiving yards last year, and it was a down bad year for him. 
So people forgot about that. Now, I still had Isaiah Crowell preseason as a top NRB2, even though you also knew this. I trashed as soon as Deshaun Kaiser became the quarterback. I said he's going to kill this offense. If I could have changed my rankings at that point and knowing that was going to happen, Isaiah Crowell wouldn't have been there because I think he was going to affect everybody except for Duke Johnson and Corey Coleman. Unfortunately, Corey Coleman got hurt. So you're looking at now, now they're going to Hogan. Here's the hope. Here's the t- If Crowell doesn't show up this week, it's not a great matchup. But that being said, if we don't see a little bit of a spark. Jake Seeley is a very smart guy. And he's a reason he's one of the tops in projections. Here's what he's saying is that with no passing game at all, Isaiah Crowell suffered. If you need a running back, a guy to go trade for now is Isaiah Crowell. You can get him on the cheap. Try to make a move and go ahead and get him. I'm actually going to do it right now as I'm uh, as I'm listening to the show. Uh, I just thought of that, and I'm like, damn, you're right, Jake. You got to go out and make a move for this guy Crowell. If you're you're hurting a running back, it, you'll get him for not, it's nothing. Take a shot, see what happens. We'll take a quick break right here on Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. We'll come back with more of the running back rankings right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So don't go anywhere. Jake Seeley's hot. He's ready to go. His picks are on fire. Stay tuned for more Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year, much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free, 24-7. Listen to us live at fntsy.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. was back in the day, the cassette tapes. Remember the cassette tapes? How many people out there remember them? Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. We're here every Monday through Thursday, 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Talking to little Isaiah Crowell. Here's what I did. I got Ricardo Lewis for 111 on a fab bid tonight. And I sent the fantasy executive a trade. Ricardo Lewis for Isaiah Crowell. Let's see what. The exec has to say on that. He was touting him as he given up confidence. Stay tuned for more from the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Rewind. Here's Jake Seeley, Justin Boone, and Chris Meany. Some upside to say, okay, maybe with Kevin Hogan at quarterback, this offense can get better traction, get a better balance, and that Crowell can get on track himself. I think if you don't at least see a glimmer of it, again, not the best matchup to do it, but I think we can tell from watching. We'll see. It might be just time to just bench him permanently until he finally shows anything. Yeah, I don't think I would start him. 
if I mean, if it always goes back, if you have better options, yeah. and he's he's outside of my uh, my top twenty-five as well. Um, I, I think that there is hope that Hogan is going to make that offense a little more productive when he's been in there. They have run a little bit better. Last week, they did try to assert themselves with the run a little bit more. So I feel like we've said this the last three weeks. If Crowell <laughs> doesn't do it this week, if Crowell doesn't do it this week. So uh, let's hope that this is, you know, this is the week that he finally uh, busts out and does something, at least falls into the end zone. And as we've talked about in the past, if he falls into the end zone and you get a half-decent week out of him, let's try to flip him for somebody else and just get off that train completely. The consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros is 32. I'm at 31. We're all kind of right around the same range with Corral. We need to see it. We haven't seen it yet. And for McGuire, uh, the Patriots allowing the most fantasy points to backs are basically allowing the most fantasy points to every single position, despite their defense looking pretty decent, I guess, last week with Jameis Winston still throwing 300 yards on him. Okay, let's get into some better backs here, Jake. Yeah, let's go up to 11 through 20 here. We got Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, back-to-back teammates there. J.J. Ty Montgomery, so there you go with the assumption as of right now. Carlos Hyde, Marshawn Lynch, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Gillisley, Robert Kelly, and Doug Martin. Let's start with the Saints guys, back-to-back. I, I agree that Mark Ingram is, a, is an RB1. Alvin Kamara, certainly this trade here with Adrian Peterson leaving is a significant boost to his value. And yep. for somebody who touched the ball only 15 times the last time we saw him, he ended up with about 100 yards in a score. It's a pretty good day. It is. And really, honestly, the fact is that their value doesn't go up that much because we were joking about it before. Adrian Peterson was only seeing 10 touches per game. So you know, what are you really taking away by saying he's gone? You're adding 10 touches to two of them. The bigger factor here is Kamara's always already been in this conversation. He's been in the RB2 half point, full point PPR because – He's finally the Darren Sproles they've been looking for since they lost. They've been moving on to C.J. Spiller. That didn't work out. They tried to, you know, Traveris Cadet was mixed in at times. They've been looking for Darren Sproles. They found it with Kamara. And Kamara has plenty of upside for even more. But I think that the biggest boost is now Mark Ingram's not going to get pulled for Adrian Peterson. He's going to get those goal line touches if they're running the ball, which we would hope for for Mark Ingram to cement that value. The only concern that we've ever had with Mark Ingram is the fact that Sean Payton hates him for some reason. But when he's been out there, 15-plus touches per game, he's always a fringe RB1. He's a very talented running back. And I think that if you look at the opportunity this week, it's a very nice situation for him. Payton has to give Ingram the ball inside the 20s, doesn't he? He, doesn't he, he? has no choice now. I don't have the, those guys quite as high as Jake does, but I, I think what Jake said rings true there, that, you know, we're not looking at a huge uptick. I think Peterson had four touches the last game, yeah, so he was, he was already being phased out. Yeah, like that. that's not going to be a huge huge factor. But what I think is going to happen is the, the floors for both of those guys are going to be raised now because before there was a worry that what if all of a sudden this week they decide to pivot and give Peterson more touches. Well, now guess what? There is no one else to give more touches. It's just going to be split amongst those two. So that raises both their floors. It makes them definitely RB2 plays and safer RB2 plays. I have Kamara as an RB2, not quite as high as you either, Jake, but uh, who would you put ahead? J.H.I.? J.H.I.'s another frustrating guy. We keep talking about him. Show us something so we could at least sell you in fantasy. Jake, at least he touched the ball 25 times. That's the one positive. It's basically his best week outside of week one. I mean, it is. I mean, this is a team here that's averaging 10 points per game is the worst mark in the NFL. 156 passing yards per game, the worst in the NFL. 231 total yards per game. They've had some soft matchups. That's the worst in the NFL, and 74 rushing yards per game, the third worst in the NFL. J.J., show us something. I got no confidence. Well, it's also we talk about Sean Kaiser killing an offense. It's Jay Cutler right now. At this point, we've got to kind of hope that Matt Moore takes over yeah. and kicks him to the side and 
maybe Cutler goes to the booth as we all kind of hope to see to begin with. I would love to see that. I would love to hear him <laughs> talking about other games and other players and stuff like that. That would be the most entertaining thing ever. But right now, this offense isn't doing anything right. And if you look at, yes, it was 25 touches, 77 yards. It's, I don't think we can put a lot of faith in the offense or Ajay. And then there's always the concern of if the knee's ailing him and he has a slower day. So I think that he deserves to be in that fringe RB1, RB2 range, and even with a decent matchup. The Falcons' defense is actually a little bit better than people give credit to. So yeah. I, I don't feel great about Ajay. I'm certainly not putting him in front of the Saints running backs. And there's a there's a nugget why. When we get to the quarterbacks and you see who number one is, hint, hint, I think it just made it obvious. But there's a <laughs> nugget with Drew Brees of why I'm starting every damn Saints player I can. Just wait for it. <laughs> and the other thing is game script there too, right? If the Falcons get up, We've already seen that Ajayi's not getting Ajayi's not getting any work in the the receiving game, or at least not very much. So there's a worry that he might just be phased out of that game if the score gets out of hand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we already touched on Montgomery, Hyde, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is another disappointing guy. He just doesn't seem to get the carries, and it was a decent matchup last week against Baltimore. I, I guess this is fair to to have him there, but what? Like, this is, this is what we were doing with Crow. This is it. This is your last chance, Lynch. Oh, this is it, like, yeah. But he's never going to get that. Last ch- I just well, don't feel like Jake, he's going to have that game where he's, he's going to have 18 are, carries. Are you, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I just kept going there. I didn't catch anything you said. <laughs> I don't feel like he's going to have that game where he had that one game, week one, 18 carries. Other than that, you're just really hoping that this guy just falls into the end zone. He's not going to be that guy that has all these carries. I understand McCaffrey's not going to touch the ball probably more than him either, and Gillisley is a headache. I guess Robert Kelly and Doug Martin are interesting, but I think at this point I would rather play Martin over Marshawn Lynch. Well, here's the thing. Marshawn Lynch last week, he got the touchdown. The Chargers, over 115 rushing yards allowed every single game. They've allowed a rushing touchdown in the last, I think, three. And look at what the Giants of Gallman and Darqua did to them. That's the appeal here. And last week was a great matchup for Marshawn Lynch. He got a decent day with the touchdown and a decent amount of yards. And it was actually a decent amount of yards on his per carry basis. So this is, again, this is a matchup that he should come out. Derek Carr, if it sounds like, I mean, it looks like they're going to say, hey, go right back out there, which is just insane to me when you talk about the guys that can get after Derek Carr and any quarterback, honestly, from that Chargers defense. I would hold him out for another week. But, hey. If he's out there, I think that's the same thing you think of is why ask Derek Carr to try to throw the ball 30 plus times and to run down this I think everyone, no one was projecting him to get 25 carries a game no. at this point, right? I think we realized that it was going to be, you know, probably 14 to 18 carries a game, something in that range. And the hope was that in that offense and behind that line, he was going to get those goal line opportunities and he was going to score. We saw he salvaged his day last week by doing that. So the hope, I think, is still that going forward, that he's yeah. going to get around 15 touches a game and that hopefully it ends up with a touchdown. Maybe get lucky, he gets two scores, something like that. And the offense should get better, obviously, with Carr back. Let's hope some guys like Cooper and stuff start to uh, produce a little more. Yeah, we'll get to Cooper in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Lynch, the most carries he's had is 12 over the last four weeks. But I understand that if he just falls into the end zone. Talk to us about Rob Kelly and Doug Martin, though. Kelly, we're assuming that he plays. And certainly he's the guy. I feel like we've seen Samaj P. Ryan just kind of, well, first of all, he hasn't been impressive, and he hasn't been able to hang on to the ball. And I know Gruden, every time I see Gruden, he's just like huffing and puffing on the sidelines. He wishes that he could just play Rob Kelly. Uh, maybe this is the week he can do that. Yeah, I'm looking at game script here, and that's really what I think is the Redskins should be able to come out of the bye at home with the team traveling west coast to east coast. And it's the 49ers and just matchup and everything here is that this should be a game they should be in control 
which means Rob Kelly is probably getting 15, 20 carries and trying to grind out the clock in the second half. And that's really what it comes down to is that it's more projected of the yards. The touchdown, not so high, but it's more the, the yards are really going to carry him this week. And I think this is a Rob Kelly game more so than Chris Thompson. Uh, but if you look at it with Doug Martin, my only concern here is not that Doug Martin didn't look great in his first game back, but the difference in defenses, although the, Carol, the Cardinals defense hasn't been playing that great, is the fact that Doug Martin, how much in the passing game? And we are talking half-point PPR. He is higher in non. He takes even a little bit more of a hit in PPR. That's my only concern is because if you saw last week's game, they kept insisting on using Charles Sims still. Yeah, yeah, he was involved in the passing game. Three targets for Martin, but only one catch. Thoughts on Doug right. Martin? Good first game for him? I, I like Martin. I think that he's going to be a borderline RB1 the rest of the way, but I do agree this one is a, a definitely a tough matchup for him. So we'll see. We talked last week. I, I think having those fresh legs, it's something. I think it's very important. We normally see later in the fantasy season guys come out, you know, off the bench and they've been fresh and all of a sudden they start producing. I think that's going to at least help Martin early on here, and I think it could help him in a tough matchup, still maybe crack that RB1 range. Uh, for Lynch, the Chargers, as Jake was talking about, uh, this is a good matchup for him. They've given up 161 rushing yards per game, the number one mark in football. Okay, let's see your top ten. Top ten, Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Devontae Freeman, DeMarco Murray, Melvin Gordon, C.J. Anderson, Lamar Miller, and Jordan Howard. You're starting all these guys. Yeah, yeah you're starting them all. <laughs> They're all studs. Fournette is a G. This guy's got a touchdown in every single game. DeMarco Murray, though, I mean, a little bit surprising to see him rank this high. I know it's a good matchup. It's a high-scoring total. These two teams can't play defense. At least we've seen lately is Murray not being productive. They're going to him. He's getting the bulk of the snaps, yep. the touches, and all and all the carries. It's Henry that they're really not using. Yeah, the Castle game last week was miserable, and obviously he's going to take a hit if it's not Mariota, quarterback. And as of today, it sounds like Mariota should have returned this week, and that's what we'll project when we get to the quarterbacks and what I'm assuming here. So I'd slide him down a little bit if it is Castle again. But as you mentioned, the good thing to look at that game was Murray dominated the touches over Derrick Henry this week. So it's looked like Derrick Henry is starting to fall back a little bit. I don't know if that's just a one-game game script with Matt Castle, but we'll definitely see, as you mentioned, the biggest thing here is it's a great matchup, and it's in the passing game especially, which DeMarco Murray is the better person at doing so than Derrick Henry. So everything about this matchup, DeMarco Murray's usage of late, this looks like a nice week for him to get, get on track basically this year. I thought... You know what, Jake's uh, that's a guy I really like this week. If you're playing DFS, his price is very low, uh, $5,200 on DraftKings. So I think he certainly is in play there. In uh, season long, he's the type of player that, you know, regardless of the matchup, you've got to play him no matter what and get him out there and make sure that you have him ready and raring to go because he's that type of player. And, you know, a lot of times people are overthinking things, right? They overthink things. And they don't have a guy like DeMarco Murray in your lineup. And you're like, what the heck? You better be in an eight-team league, my man. Even though he hasn't played well, don't confuse the result with the decision and make a bad move like that. You listen to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Sicata. We're coming back. We're finishing hour number one. Coming back with hour number two. Here comes more Fantasy Football Rewind. More Jake Sealy running backs. The Rankings Reveal Show with Jake Stewart and the guys Justin Cook, Chris McMahon, Fat Ball, Fantasy Football Rewind after this.
Join the family at Modell Sporting Goods. Visit your nearest Modells and sign up for our MVP Rewards Program to receive insider deals all year round. Earn points on every purchase when you use your MVP card to earn Modell's cash back. It's our way of thanking you for being a loyal customer. Upon signing up, receive 10% off your purchase and 15% off your next purchase. It's that simple. Plus, new MVPs this month are eligible to win a $500 Modell's gift card. When you got to play more and pay less, you got to go to Moe's. Tell you what, you can catch me and my man, D- Dane Martinez, every Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and also simulcasted on Dish Network, Channel 261. And here's the thing, is that we put a poll up of cheap DFS backs this week, and Sam Perrine was on it. All with cheap backs. But uh, McKinnon was one of them. Andrew Ellington was one of them. And I think Ingram was the other. Not a single person said that they would put Perrine in their lineup. Out of It's crazy. I've done probably thousands of polls. I've never had nobody. Nobody. Zero. Vote for anyone. Never happened. But it happened tonight. Amazing. Amazing. So, I like Sam Perrine. I think he's going to get the ball. He runs hard. He makes mistakes. He calls out the football. I get all that. But if you need a running back against the Niners' defense, he's certainly playable. And the King, Scott Engel's right. Sometimes we overrate the matchups. But the guy can run hard. The Redskins should be in position to score. I'm telling you. Sam Perrine is a guy, if you play in deeper leagues, that is certainly worth a roster spot this week. Certainly. So there you have it. I feel better. Feel better I got that off my chest. You listen to the Fantasy Sports News Desk brought to no Fantasy Football Rewind brought to you by the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here every Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern. So here we come up. We're gonna come back the hour number two and finish off with Jake Seeley's running back rankings. So don't go anywhere. More running back rankings coming up next. You listen to Fantasy Football Rewind. <laughs> 